Well, good morning, everybody in my family. It's been a while since I've climbed up in this saddle. Grab you some coffee. You're probably going to need it if you're a coffee drinker. If you're not, hang on. Hang on. This, uh, this series, as my brother Terry Wilson spoke a few weeks ago, is, I believe, more for me than it is anybody else. But when you're called to teach, you drag people along with you. Um, I'm going to warn you. This one, for me, is not as pretty as others have been. Um, it's dug deep at my flesh. It's still digging deep at my flesh. And if anyone is like me, I get kind of wimpy when my flesh gets pinched. I get kind of cry when I start getting cut. And if I look down and see myself bleeding, I almost faint. But the good thing is, I've got a comforter. I've got uh, a brother. And I've got uh, the Lord who strengthens me beyond what I can think about. I started out, uh, I started out with this series probably about five months ago. It starts, you know, the Lord just kind of lays stuff on you and you... It won't go away. So this one hadn't gone away for a while. And it started out being preventing identity theft. That's what the title was to start with. And then, hang on, it went to Mishwats. 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 My identity, his special weapons and tactics. But I thought that was kind of geeky. So I didn't hold out to that one. And then as I was doing my study, he led me into one of the first, you know, when you get something, he, there's an anchor, kind of anchor verse. One that you maybe tee off on. And he led me into that one. And uh, then it changed to, who are you? because that ties in to everything he was talking about before. So, I'm also going to tell you that I know it's going to be good because of the attacks that have happened to me in the last four or five days. Earlier this week, I felt like I was carrying 5,000 pounds, so I know exactly how my pastor feels every week, every day probably. And then... Last night, I had some intense negotiation with my wife. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And then this morning, we had a fire in the oven. And I lost my bacon. <laughs> so this is going to be good, regardless of whether it's clean or messy. So how did we get there? There was a comment made uh, by somebody you might, might know. His name is Eric Moore. He was in here teaching, and he said that uh, 
We're called by our identity, not our action. And then somebody else we know by the name of Mike Duncan says, you know who you are, don't you? And then I believe it was our pastor, Terry Wilson, that says, and he's uh, walking in uh, uh, his identity, he says, the identity is, who do you say that I am? Who are your parents? And then I had another one from Mr. Duncan. He says, to walk in reflection of your ancestry. And then, doggone it, this past Sunday, our pastor uncorked one that he'd been aging for 20 years. (laughs) Walking through doors. Walking through doors. Opportunities that are going to come forth. But sometimes, if you don't know who you are, you may miss opening the door or walking through one that's open for you. So, who are we? And I'll tell you something else, one more attack. I'm still sort of analog, but I'm also sort of digital, you know? I'm in that generation in between. I reached down on my belt this morning, and guess what's not there? My cell phone. You know what's on my cell phone? My Bible. Yep. So guess what? Y'all are going to have to participate more than you thought. (laughs) Somebody go ahead and get Acts 19. And we're going to start off with verses 11 through 16. The other bad thing about it is I can't call my wife and tell her to bring the phone when she gets here. I appreciate that. I think Stephen's already done it. Who's got it? Acts 19, 11 through 16. Read it, read it. Somebody read it so we can all hear it. It doesn't matter. One that's there. This is the ESV. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. And then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you. By the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. The seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Siva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered him, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Amen. So, 
As you can imagine, that phrase, who are you, is one of the ones that jumped out at me. But where we are now, my brothers and sisters, is a whole lot different than where we were 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But you know, when we, sometimes we like to whitewash things in the Bible. We do. What would you do if there was someone in front of you that came out with a voice that was demonic? Started foaming at the mouth, rolling their eyeballs, flopping around. Would you lose who you are? I have to ask that question. See, Paul, Paul, on further down in the Word, you know, we don't, it's not, don't, in any of this series, do not hear me say, do not hear from me that it's by our power that we do anything. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're empowered by the living Word, Jesus Christ. We're cared for, overseen, and empowered at, at utmost by our Father God, the eternal I Am. But we also have a responsibility. <laughs> it says Somewhere in there I says, it says, I'll show you my faith by my works. And those works are greater, Lord himself said, greater than what he did. Okay? So, I believe that in order to walk through the doors that are coming up for each and every one of us, and there's great favor, there is great favor on each one of us here. Why? Because our Father loves us more than we know. Great favor. But, in order to sometimes grab hold, I mean, Daniel prayed for how long? Before... Was it Gabriel that came to him and said, we've been resisted. We sometimes have to persevere. Sometimes we're going to have to get messy. Sometimes we're going to have to get out like belligerent in our faith. And when I say belligerent, I mean steadfast. Not moving. Standing in the face of the enemy's onslaught. We cannot be afraid or ashamed of who we are or who he is. So, we will come back to this area, but to get to our identity, where do we have to go? All the way back to the start. So, if you will please go with me to Genesis. And somebody's going to have to read it because it's not on my belt, you know. But first, I want to tell you, I also like to be very, very concise with words. Because sometimes we'll just flip a word out there and have half a meaning in our mind or, you know, part of a meaning in our mind. But we don't really know all the ramifications of the word. So the word identity. I thought this, I, got a, I, I brought it in here one time. I got a, I think it's a 1947 or 1942 Webster's uh, Dictionary Encyclopedia thing. That thing is awesome because there's words in there you will never find in the new one. Okay? But anyway, that one said, 
Identity is the state or fact of being identical. Sameness. Well, the world's exploited that one. I identify as... Da, 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 da. I identify as... Da, 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 da. I like our pastor. He identifies as a millionaire. I'll take that. He said it. Personal identity. Our being the same person... Here we go. Now listen to this one. This is what got me. Our being the same person from the commencement to the end of life, while the matter of the body, the dispositions, habits, and thoughts are continually changing. Let me read that one again. Our personal identity is our being the same person from the commencement of life to the end of life, while the matter of the body, the dispositions, the habits, and thoughts are continually changing. I'm still Lee. I am still a prophetically motivated teacher. I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm loved with an everlasting love. But I am not the same as I was last year. I am not the same as I'm going to be a year from now. But I'm still Lee. Okay. The principle of identity. The principle that a thing is what it is and not another. And that's... Oh, never mind. I'm not going there. <laughs> okay. So, that's who we are. That's the definition of who we are. So, somebody... Let's go to Genesis and go to uh, chapter 1 and verse 26. And somebody read it when you get there. Yep. Very first. That's the root of who we are. Okay. So, we've read that 100,000 times, right? And then this question popped into my mind. Why did he use two words? He said image and likeness. Image and likeness. Why do we need two words? You got it. You've read up on that. Let me read you image. That's, uh, if, for those of you who are tracking along in your strongs, that's the Hebrews 6754. Images to shade, a phantom, an illusion, a resemblance, hence a representative fig, uh, figure. Now, the Webster's also says, as far as an image, it's a representation of a person or thing. Okay? Likeness. Again, Hebrews. In the Hebrew language, is a resemblance concretely. A model, a shape, adverbially like, 
a fashion, a likeness, manner, and uh, similitude. Um, so when I saw both of that, I know this is tough stuff, okay? We got, we got, we got to lay this thing in here before we get to the really good part. But we're made in the image, which is the characteristics of, and then the likeness is the concrete outside. So we're three-dimensional, y'all. Our identity is three-dimensional. Okay? It, it, it's the condition, Webster says it's the condition or quality of being like, similarly, what exactly resembles something else, especially a portrait. And it's important, now grab a hold of this too and we'll come back to it. What was the second half of that verse? To have dominion. Yeah. We were created for what? Dominion. Have we forgotten that? Yeah. Go in. Exactly. Now we're getting to. Now we're getting to. Now we're getting to. They want us to forget. What is amnesia? <laughs> That's another teacher, by the way. The reason why we're not on tour is because that's the way our jokes are. <laughs> ha! I love my brother Ed. He is awesome. Simply a loss of memory. I went, you know, I went all the way through all that big stuff in the Webster's and goes to amnesia and it's got a line about that long. It says loss of memory. But that is one of the main tactics of our enemy. He wants us not to remember that we are in the image and likeness of I am. He wants us to forget that we were created for dominion. To rule over what he gave us. He made this entire earth and it's huge by the way. For us to dress it and to keep it. Okay, so now let's go back to our Acts verses. He said, Jesus, I know. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, 19, Acts 19, 11 through 16. The demon said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? I would also like to point out that in one of the versions that I read, in the very first part of that verse, it says that those exorcists took it upon themselves to go and to cast this demon out.
They took it upon themselves without knowing who they were, without a divine appointment. They walked in to a uh, fight without any weapons. So, uh, there is an ancient Chinese philosopher by the name of uh, Sun Tzu. He wrote a book called what? And one of the things in the art of war, one of the main tenets in the art of war is to what? Know your enemy. The enemy said, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? So, let's just, I mean, somebody read Philippians 3, verses 3 through 7. Three through seven. Philippians three, three through seven. For we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus, and put no confidence in the flesh. Three through seven. Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more circumcise the eighth day of the nation. Who is that? Paul. Does he know who he is? Yeah, he does. And because he knows who he is, guess what? That echoes through the heavenlies. Because what? In the first part of that, uh, first part of that verse, if you go back in, in uh, 10 and, and 8 and 7, that's where Paul settled in at Ephesus for two years. And for those two years, he was doing the works of the ministry. And it said that even handkerchiefs from his body, when cast on those who were sick or possessed or whatever, they got what they needed. It echoed through the heavenlies who, who Paul was. Okay? Uh, somebody go to Luke 3. I'm not going to make you read all five verses. Uh, but... Verses 23 through 28. Luke 3, 23 through 28. What does that show? 23 through 28. Anybody? The lineage of our Lord and Savior on this earth, Jesus Christ. That shows who he was. And guess what? That also sort of echoed through the heavenlies. I don't know how, but it did. I know how. It split the veil of the temple in two when he walked into his destiny. Okay. Then thirdly, Exodus 3.14. I'm making us run today. I'm sorry. I left, I left it at home. It must be for you and not for me on that one. We've got to get a little muddy. 
a little dirty running through here. Kick up some dust. Uh, 3 and verse 14. What does that one say? Boom. No question about that one. So, we have the identities of the ones that the enemy knows. So, who is the enemy? Well, in Genesis 3.1, he's a what? A serpent. And in the Hebrew, that's a snake. But it also says from a hiss. There's not too many animals that do that. Cats do it. Possums do it. Snakes do it. Well, what do they do that for? You ever thought about that? It's a scare tactic because what? They're afraid. A hiss is nothing more than I'm afraid. And I'm about to do something that's probably going to cause you harm and maybe me more harm. So that's one part. He's called a serpent. Then in Isaiah 14, 12, y'all go there please. He's called Lucifer. Read that verse, please. Somebody. That name there, Lucifer, is uh, Hebrew 7853, I believe it is. That means light bearer, the morning star, in the sense of brightness. Well, now, here's some other weapons, guys, that he has. What happens when we all of a sudden, light comes up? Yeah, we're like that. We can't, we're temporarily what? Yeah. Can't see. Let's keep going. We've got to know who he is. I'm not, I'm not in any stretch of the imagination putting any favor, but we've got to know who we're talking about. All right? Next, in uh, 1 Chronicles 21, he's called Satan. And that one means an opponent, especially Satan, the arch enemy of God. Then I'm going to lighten up on you a little bit and not make you go there, but in John 10.10, 10, he's called the thief. That come, I thought that word was kind of cool. It's called kleptes. Embezzler. Pilferer. Thief. Yeah? We're getting kind of heavy here, so we need to talk and take a dad break joke. You know, I entered the kleptomania Olympics. I took gold, silver, and bronze. Tibetan 
Yeah, I heard that over there. That was a groan. In Revelation 12.3, it's the Greek, dracon, or dragon. And this one was, was kind, of, kind of intriguing to me. To look fabulous. A kind of serpent, perhaps as supposed to fascinate. So that's who the enemy is. And then, <laughs> I got to go back a little bit. As supposed to fascinate. And I was, I was, I was meditating on this, <clears throat> and God snuck up on me. I do a lot of my really good thinking, guys, in the shower. Doors shut, water's on, steam's happening, and I just, in my head, you know? And I got to thinking about this, this thing here. And <clears throat> you know, in the shower, you don't have no clothes on. In the South, we call that naked. <laughs> and God snuck up on me with that one. You got to go back to Genesis. Genesis 2.25, go there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this up, I promise. It's going to tie back together. It surprised me. What does Genesis 2.25 say? Okay. So they were naked. And they had no shame. Why is that in there? Why on earth? I mean, you know, sometimes you're thinking... TMI, God. But they were naked and not ashamed. So when he's talking about naked, what does he mean? Uh, that's actually a Hebrew word, all wrong. And it's nude, either partially or totally. Webster says it's not having clothes on, bare, nude, not having a covering. Not having a covering. So they didn't have any covering before God. Before the serpent came, they were right there, unashamed before God. And then I had to go to that other word, ashamed. And that word is bosh. And that's to pale, by implication to be ashamed, to be, a dis to be disappointed, or delayed. Put to shame. And then... Uh, so, ashamed is to be put to shame. So we got to get back to the root of shame. Why am I going there, y'all? That's another one of those tactics that the enemy tries to use. And we're going to, in, in the next couple of weeks, Lord willing, we're going to pull those tactics apart. But have you seen already? Have you seen already how sneaky 
low down, unashamed, ruthless, uncaring, our opponent is. Okay. So, shame. Uh, first, re first uh, I always like to go to the first reference to it. The first reference to it in the Bible is Exodus 32.25. And actually, I, I, think we probably, I, I think we probably need to read that. Somebody grab it. Exodus 32.25. Read it out. Now when Moses saw that the people were out of control for Aaron, they let him get out of control to be a derision among them, among their enemies. Another version another version says they were naked before God. <clears throat> there was scorn that that word is Shemzal is scornful, whispering of hostile spectators. Webster says that's from a root meaning to cover. It's a painful sensation, excited by the exposure of that which nature or modesty prompts us to conceal, or by having a consciousness of guilt. Let me read that one to you again. I like that one. From the root meaning to cover, a painful sensation. Anybody in here besides me ever been ashamed? It didn't feel good, did it? Excited by the exposure of that which nature or modesty prompts us to conceal or by having a consciousness of guilt. Guess what? When we're naked before God, that is not present. That is not present. That is not present. So, Yes, exactly. I'm talking about us here. This class is for us. This class is for us. For those who have called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitted to His grace, received His salvation, and your name, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Mm. Mm. That's who you are. That's who you are. Okay. Now, I'm going back to our enemy. This is another one of the things while I was in the shower, I was pondering on. How come, how come God didn't destroy Satan? when he rebelled against him. You ever thought about that? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else ever thought about that? 
Let me find it in my notes here. Because I wrote it down. Because the answer, oh, here we go. Go to Romans 11.29. I had never seen this before. In this, in this light. 11.29. I know, but this is important. I've got to get this point out. It's another part of our identity. And when somebody gets it, read it out. He's true to his word, even unto the enemy. That's who our God is. Now, when we step out of our place, we step out from under his protection, his care. But who he created you to be will not change. Your gifts and your call may not ever be used for Him. But He gave you that when He created you. And here's a way I like to explain it. Anybody in here ever know of a singing group called the Beatles? You heard of them? Well, this thought dropped into my head a couple of years ago. You know, his gifts and his calling are without repentance. He doesn't change his mind about gifting great and talented whoever you are. Engineers, musicians. I believe that they actually should have been one of the most awesome praise and worship bands that ever lived. Their music is off the charts, guys. I mean, some of the things that they write and how they write it, and the way the notes and the melodies go together is just mind-blowing. But they never used it to glorify God. Did he take that talent away from them? No. So, this series, I told you, is not as pretty as some of the other ones that I've been privileged to teach. But, before I get done, it's my prayer that we know who we are to the core of who we are. Beyond what we might want to cover or conceal. But that we know, that we know, that we know that we are children of the Most High God. He will never, ever leave us or forsake us. His gift on me, His gift on you, is without repentance. And that there are works that He's called us to do that nobody else in the world can do. But He created those works for us. And that there's doors that we're going to be able to walk through without fear 
because we know who we are. That's what my hope and my prayer is by the time I get done. Hang with me. My dad jokes get worse. Yes, Miss Lynn. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. 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 Yep. And we'll talk, we'll talk about that next week. That's part of it next week. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for uh, the word that you've given us today. Lord, it is awesome to dine at your table. Father, I love my brothers and my sisters. And I pray, Father God, that what was not you flies out of their head. But what was you, Lord, goes deep into their mind, will, and emotions. So that, Father God, they walk stronger out of here than when they came in. In Jesus' name, amen.